Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode eight. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. Today, my guest is Kelly Lemon. Kelly is a one-armed wedding and empowerment photographer. She lives in Seattle with her hubby, Augustine, and her adorable mini golden doodle, Toby. Seriously, if you like dogs, check her out on Instagram. And they have a baby girl on the way coming this January via surrogacy. Kelly is also an inspirational speaker. She's passionate about encouraging and empowering women to see the strength within themselves. Kelly, welcome to We Are Free. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been too long since I've seen your face, girl. I know. Thank you so much for having me. It's really excited to be here. Kelly has some really cool things going on in her life right now, and I'm going to go ahead and call them miracles. And I wanted you to hear about them because maybe you are in a season where you're hoping for a miracle, or maybe you've given up on asking for one, or maybe you just need your faith restored because 2019 has been a hard year for you personally or professionally or relationally, whatever your current situation, I knew that Kelly would be an incredible source of hope and encouragement to you. And the truth of the matter is our God is in the business of healing and restoration and miracles. And that doesn't always look how we thought it would. And probably honestly, most of the time it doesn't look like how we thought it would, but he is there providing nonetheless. And Kelly is living proof. So I just wanted her to come onto the show and encourage all of you. Uh, Kelly, why don't you just give us a little background on yourself um, so we know how and why these miracles are actually happening right now. Tell us your story in a, maybe in a couple minutes and then we'll get into some other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Colorado and that's kind of where my childhood was. And the big crux or the thing that kind of sets the stage for my life and a huge transition, um, was that my family was in a really serious car accident when I was 12 and my brother fell asleep at the wheel. My whole family was in the car. Um, and it basically, he went off the road. Um, I was ejected out of the car and the car bounced over me and it was just a complete miracle that I'm actually even here and alive. Um, they flew in the flight flight helicopters and told my mom that I only was going to live for a couple days because of the amount of blood loss. And, um, so it's by God grace that I'm alive and every person made it. And it was just, but it definitely set the stage for a huge shift from being a 12 year old kid that had nothing like no health issues to being basically like living in and out of the hospital. Um, so as a result of the car accident, um, I paralyzed a fourth, my body. So my right arm, uh, mostly my right arm, but my chest and my back and, um, had a lot of other issues at the time, broken bones, punctured organs and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. So then shortly after that, I had a 13 hour nerve transplant and they transplanted some nerves from my legs and just, um, tried to graft them in. Um, over six years, I was able to regain some strength in my shoulder, but the thing I was really trying to struggle with as a kid was, um, living with nerve pain. I just had a lot of nerve pain from paralysis. It normally fades over time, but, um, my nerve pain is one of those unique situations where they, it actually increases over the years, unfortunately. So that was kind of the struggle through, through most of high school was trying to, trying to address that. Yeah. Lots of surgeries and lots of failed surgeries and learning that I was continually being the, the 1% where the surgeries wouldn't work, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of this, the, the event that really shook me and has shaped me and kind of set the stage for, um, a lot of things that happened in my life. Um, but 
but yeah. What was your relationship like with God during that time? Like when you were in high school, um, having all these surgeries, what was your faith like at that time? Um, I actually had started developing my faith pretty young. I was, I was a strong, I really kind of started to really recognize God and who he was, um, even as young of like 11, 10. And so when the accident happened, it really shook me because I felt like everything else in my life was kind of stripped away. And all these things that really felt stable were no longer stable. And the one thing that I could hold on to was my faith. And so I think even as a kid, I really had to depend on God daily just to like endure the pain and to get through that first season of adapting to life with one arm. I was right-handed and now I'm left-handed. So, um, just that season of adapting, um, I really had to cling to the Lord. So my faith was, was really strong. Um, but definitely went through seasons of, um, of like, why, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like why God, but, but over through the season, it really actually solidified my faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you're in college. This is when you decided you were going to be a photographer. Uh, yeah, well, high school, actually. High school. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. Okay. So, um, so I was always passionate about taking pictures and I just love people and I love just knowing the stories and I love knowing how people are the way they are. So it just was a perfect fit. Um, so I actually took pictures a lot before even the accident. And then as I was recovering, kind of took some time off from like that hobby and then went to a high school uh, photography class. It was a darkroom class and just said, Hey, I would, I know this is going to be different because I only have one arm, but I really would love to try. And she said, um, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry, but photography is actually a two armed art. And so you're not going to be able to do it. And so we're just going to, you know, why don't you try painting or, you know, pottery or something else, but like photography is not going to work for you. Uh, and so she wouldn't even admit me into the class. Like she wouldn't even let me try. Um, so That's crazy. Uh, I know, I know. Right. I'm like, I feel like that would never happen now. No, I don't think it would, but, uh, yeah. And I think, she, I think she thought she was like protecting me mm-hmm. from this, but I was, she just couldn't dream big enough to think it was possible. And, um, so thankfully I tried again and just kind of took that as a challenge to, prove that that wasn't the case. And I just didn't believe that story and didn't want to believe that that was, that that was like, that this couldn't be in my life. And so I learned to roll film with my feet. So I would use my feet to roll film and it was just, you know, kind of a circus trick. So now that I do digital, it's not quite, not quite as, uh, not quite as exciting as using my feet when I was in high school, but yeah, thankfully another teacher, let me in. And, uh, so the next year I was in photography class with this, with this awesome photography teacher. And, and she would just let me like, you know, work with my feet on the desk and it was bizarre, but I love it. it work. Yeah. yeah. And you're not just a photographer, you're an incredible photographer. Like Kelly's work <laughs> is beautiful. Um, you'll see after, once you start following her on Instagram, but, um, so Kelly, how did you go from that stage of your life? Uh, what happened next? Were there, you know, how was the pain? How were you having more surgeries? Yeah. So, um, so after that I went to college and I went to college in Chicago and then basically was just like, okay, so what am I doing in my life? I thought I wanted to be a psychologist and like encourage people. Um, but I went to this conference and I was doing photography there and was totally unprepared 18. And this amazing person like came over to my computer, looked, looked through some pictures and was like, wait, uh, let's talk. And I was like, okay, I felt really like, these are not edited. These are raw. I felt like super vulnerable. Uh, and he was just like, 
after we talked for a while, he's like, okay, let me get this straight. You spent all of your time doing photography. You spent all of your money on equipment and like you're 18. And like, these are some of your pictures. Like, why don't you think this could be your career? Like, why is this not something that you really believe that it could be your story? And I just had never really had someone speak that life into me before. And so I just was like, wow, okay. And then he never told me who he was. And then he walked out on stage at like the next like speaking event. And he was the, like, he was the photo editor of the New York times. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so he like, was like, I need to like go find him because like he was the person that helped me like really believe I could yes. do it. So I switched my degree and studied photography through college. But um, yeah, so I was in college and I think I was really enjoying the break from surgeries. I was like, okay, I can like just try to live a normal life and go to college and have friends. And, you know, I've adapted to life with one arm at this point. So it's like, you know, just kind of trying to be a normal college kid. Mm -hmm. But, um, but the nerve pain was definitely always a struggle. It was definitely a thing that was my daily experience and living in chronic pain. It just, it's like, that's the thing. That's the thing that was more debilitating than, than living life with paralysis. Mm -hmm. And so, so basically my sophomore year of college, I met with a surgeon that did the nerve transplant and he basically said like, that's the thing that cripples you. That's the thing we should address. But you know, I think you should take six months off from college and you should have this brain surgery. And it was kind of this, like, he was just really intense about everything. And I was like, I just had all this fear. Cause I'm like, I have done surgery. It doesn't work for me. I don't have a good track record. Yeah. And, but he kind of just said, you know, like we really should do the surgery. It's a brainstem surgery. We're having 85% of people like, just like you walking out pain free. Can you picture what that would be like? And he just kind of taunt, like used that as like a way to say like, Hey, like you really should do this. Um, and I really took my time with it. And I just thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to rush into this. Like I, I just, my heart couldn't handle another failed surgery. And I couldn't handle another time where I'm seeking God and like asking God for healing and the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we just took our time and I just, we just like went to our community and said, okay, like, let's really pray about this. Like, let's really get on our knees, pray that God will close doors, make it like really clear. That the answer is no, we're not moving forward. We want healing. We want healing to happen, but if this is not the right way and this is not going to be a positive result, we don't want to spend, you know, another $10,000 that is really hard to get. You know, my mom was like working three jobs and, you know, it's like not money that we had. Right. And it was just one of those things where we really wanted to be uh, intentional. And so we prayed about it. And after six months, every single person came back with a, like a resounding yes. Like everyone felt at peace about it, which is actually pretty remarkable. Right. Um, but everyone felt a peace about it. All these things started lining up. We started getting like free housing and like the schedule lined up with my schedule. And like all these things were happening that we really felt God was saying yes. So, so we moved forward with it and, uh, it's this brainstem surgery. So they have to like break all these bones in your neck and then like uh, laser and burn parts of your spinal cord. And basically they are like creating a wall so that the pain signal from the brain can't get into the spinal cord and then into your body. Um, so they basically said the worst case scenario would be that like, it didn't work for me. I spent the money and that I would be the same, but that 85% of people would get better. So they kind of said, you know, worst case scenario, you'll be just like you are, but and you I can live with that. And I can live with that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I feel at peace about that. We feel, you know, I could, I could live with that, even though it would be a, 
you know, really unfortunate to spend that much money and to live that way. But I was like, that's something I can live with. So we moved forward with the surgery and I remember waking up and I have never felt pain. Like I felt that day. And I remember just being like, it wasn't just the fact that I was in like excruciating pain, but it was like the realization that it failed because I was supposed to wake up pain free. Mm. And so waking up from that surgery and having that weight of like, it's like it, and just confusion because it was worse pain than it was before. So it was awful. So we found out that I am the zero zero point one percent of people that this surgery has um, made it worse. So it's actually, uh, we had a triple my medication dosages. So it's just, it's radically changed my, it's changed, radically changed my life. Like my pain from 2008 on has, is like triple what it was the first eight years. And I yeah. thought I could, I thought the first eight years was like the worst it could get. So, right. um, yeah, it was, it was a hard, hard season. Where were you at? Like at that point. So prior to that, you're like, okay, I was strong in my faith. I, I knew God early on and you know, you, you knew him and now this happens. Like, what are your thoughts? What are your prayers? What are you saying to God during this time? You know, I just really, I felt really angry to be honest. Mm. I was, I was just like really angry. Like, God, like we sought you, like we, we came to you and we asked you to close doors. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand like why you opened all these doors and, and why so many people felt so strongly that the answer was yes. It, or even just recognizing that like, maybe the answer was yes. And this was your plan all along. And how do I reconcile that? Like, mm-hmm. how do I reconcile the idea that pain was part of your, if pain was part of the plan, you know, and just kind of like really kind of rocking my theology on pain and suffering and thoughts on how I relate with God in that conversation. But at the time I was just so so angry. I was just like, kind of like, okay, God, like you and I need some space. Like I'm pretty mad at you. So we're just going to take some space. Um, but unfortunately that next year was like that surgery was kind of like the crux of one of the hardest years of my life, probably, probably the hardest year of my life. Mm -hmm. So what happened after that was, um, I ended up studying abroad because I just, I mean, I was, that was already the plan, but I was like, this is great time. Yeah, I need to like, get out of here. <laughs> like need to leave. And, um, but at the end of my time abroad, I started noticing that my fingers in my left hand, so the hand that works started going numb. And so I started having trouble with like keys and my camera. And I was having trouble with like fine motor skills. And I was just like, this is really weird. And my arm started going like numb for like hours a day, like falling asleep for like hours a day. And I was like, okay, this is bizarre. Like I haven't seen a chiropractor in a while. So like maybe something's like, maybe I just need to be tweaked up or something. I don't know. I was just like, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I came home and I was a snowboard instructor at the time. And so I was like teaching these kids. And at the end of the day, um, I was signing someone out. So I was training someone else. And I remember looking down and like trying to, and like going to pick up the pen to sign the kid out. And my left hand fell limp on the table. And I was just like, I could not pick up the pen. And this is the good hand. And this is the good arm. This is the arm that works. And my, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so somehow it's kind of a blur. I got home and I was like, maybe I'm like frostbit. Like it was outside. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I live in Colorado in the snow. Like maybe I was like, it was I love your optimism and all these things. You're like, maybe (laughs) it's just this, maybe I need to go to the chiropractor. Right. Yeah. I just like, I mean, I just couldn't figure it out because it's like eight months post or seven months after the surgery and I'd been fine. So all of a sudden my arms like weak, I just, I didn't correlate it to like something else. So, 
Um, so I remember I got in the shower, it's like Christmas. So we have all these like crazy amounts of relatives. It's like kind of like loud and obnoxious. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, like one of those Christmas scenes that like, everybody's like, you know, talking really loud. And so I just like went straight upstairs and was like, I'm going to get in a hot shower and like figure out, and like, maybe that'll help. And I remember I like was like, gonna, I was raising my hand my left arm to like wash my hair and my left arm just collapsed and I couldn't raise it again. Like I couldn't turn off the water. I couldn't wash my hair. My left arm is just like down, like by my side. So both arms are like down by my sides and I can't lift them at all. I can't lift my left arm at all. And I start freaking out. Like I thought I basically had like a rant with God that like, I should like you normally wouldn't share with any other Christian. <laughs> you would normally like not want any other Christian to know that you said things like this. Um, and I just remember being like, why God? Like, I just was like so angry, like literally shouting in the shower, like yelling out loud, like, like, of course you would do this to me. Like, of course you would like just take my left arm randomly. Like, of course you, like, I just started like ranting and it just was like, so it's kind of like that point on, it's like spiraled down. Like I was so angry and we eventually found out that, um, from the surgery that we prayed about, the, they basically had to screw the discs in my neck back together. Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't screw one of the discs in correctly. So that disc slid out and started like, sev like severing nerves, but it was like sliding really slow. That's why we didn't see any impact right away. And then eventually the disc started impacting nerves. And so that's what we were experiencing was nerves that were being impacted by this slide, by this disc that was like, um, kind of severing at these nerves. And so it was a really hard season because I would, I would, my arm would work for like one day and mm -hmm. then it would not work the next day. So like trying to plan for that, um, was really hard, but basically what came from that was an incredible doctor, Dr. Dr. Selby. He, he basically was like, okay, I'm like, I'm like obviously anti-surgery. So I'm like going in for these chiropractor appointments and he's getting the disc off the nerve. And he was like, if we don't do this every single day, like four days a week minimum, um, you, this paralysis will be permanent. Like you will lose your left arm. And my insurance rejected it saying it was a luxury and wouldn't pay for any of my chiropractic. Um, and so we were like struggling. We just paid all this money for surgery and now we don't have the money to do this, this care. And it's like, but, but like they said, I have to do it. Like, I'm like, I will lose my left arm, my only arm. And he donated his services. Mm. He came, wow. he, I mean, like, it's crazy. Like every single day he would add an hour to his work day and see me for an hour for four days a week for nine months. Like that's incredible. It's incredible. Like it's, it's like he, like, I can definitely say that in that season, like God used him in an mm -hmm. incredible way. And, and basically over time, it was just kind of like, I would see, I was in college. So I would like go to class and I couldn't write. And then I would like, but I had to schedule all of my tests and my exams after my appointments with him, because then I would be able to use my hand for like 18 hours, but I would never know when it would not work. Yeah. So I remember one time I was like in the cafeteria and I was holding a, holding a tray and all of a sudden my arm stopped working and I dropped the tray and the plates and the food and the cut and the, everything goes everywhere. And everyone on campus, they're used to seeing one arm not working, but like my shoulder still worked and I was just carrying a tray. So like it, it's confusing that now right. everything's on the ground and then I can't pick it up. So I'm just like humiliated, like, but I just am standing there because I can't 
pick it up. And people are trying to help me, but they're also really confused because I'm not even attempting, like I can't do anything. Right. Um, so like, it was just really hard to have, like to lose mobility, like just, but with no, like basically the nerve, would, the nerve would just get pinched wrong. And then I would just like lose mobility in my hand, my arm. And it would just like be so sudden. Um, and I remember one time specifically I was in my room, I was in my apartment and I was unloading the dishwasher and I was trying to put a plate away and I lo- again lost my mobility and I dropped the plate. The glass goes everywhere. So I, and I remember just like sinking to my knees, surrounded by broken glass and just like sobbing, just like, like on the ground, just sobbing and just like saying like, God, like, I don't know where you are, but like, you tell us that you like, there's a limit or you tell us that like, you know, like you give us the strength, but like, I I'm at my limit. Like I have reached my limit. Like I can't get off the floor. Like I just am like so angry. And I just felt, I just cried out to God and was just like, where are you? Like, where are you? And, and I think on top of that, um, I had people in my community challenging my faith, people in my community telling me that the re- that they were watching all this suffering and people telling me that, um, that I was demon, that I was demon possessed with Gosh. adversity. Someone told me that, that all of this is a result of my sin. Someone else had told me that, um, that I was like, that if I had more faith and if I really believed that God would heal, that I would, that I would have no health issues. And that this is just a result of my lack of faith. Like, so I, from, I think I just had so much from like so many sides. I just was like, I can't do it anymore. You know? Yeah. So what did you do? So I, I just think I'm, I just remember that prayer was like such, a, a breaking point for me. Basically, I just was like, I need you. Like I, I finally came to God and said, like, I need you. Like I cannot get up without you. And God was just like, I have been waiting for this. Like I have been here the whole time, like crying with you. I have been here waiting to waiting for you to give this to me. But the thing is, is I stopped praying. Like I stopped praying to him because I was so afraid that he wouldn't answer the door. I was so afraid that he wasn't going to like, like welcome me in, you know? And that I just was like, I just, I was like, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk another rejection. I don't want to risk another fail, like another failure, another no. And I just remember feeling like, like God knew that I was like always going to believe in him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I just started feeling like I was used, like, not like used, like, Oh, God's using my story. But like, I felt used, like a used testimony. Like I felt like God was like, Oh, he knows that I'll always like, you know, love him. So like, let's just make her story like super dramatic because losing one arm is not enough. So let's just take the other one. You know, I just felt like God was like using me. And, and then it was this like process of being like, God, like, when do I get to experience your love? Like, when do I get to experience your grace that I preach about? Like, when do I get to experience what it feels like to feel like a cherished daughter of the King? Like, I don't feel that. Like, where, like I, I preach that I encourage that in others, but like, when do I get to feel like loved? And it was just this realization that like, I didn't believe that God loved me. And it just was this like huge transformation. So I think going from like that point of just finally breaking down and saying like, I can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. It felt so different because it was, I was no longer feeling alone Mm -hmm. because I wasn't doing it alone. He was there the whole time. Um, so I think that the other part of the story that kind of really was like how God like radically worked in that season was there was this professor and he 
Um, he actually taught the book of Job. He was like, it was a Christian college. And so he taught, um, he was an amazing theologian, an amazing um, Old Testament scholar. And he was asked to write the um, commentary for the book of Job for the NIV translation. And so he, he approaches me and he had been like praying for me and really intimately involved in like praying for me through this whole process and um, had seen my health kind of like spiral downward, like in his classes. And like, mm-hmm. he just could see, like he just saw, saw the whole thing firsthand. Right. And took me to lunch and, and said, so, you know, I'm, I'm writing this commentary. I'm going to write this commentary. And he was like, and I really think it would be helpful if I had like a modern day story of Job. And not that I'm like comparing my, not that he was like comparing me like, oh, you're just like Job. But he was like, I just need a story of like, I think it'd be more impactful for readers if we could really dive into scripture, but have a more modern day conversation of like, how does this apply to us now? Right. Um, and he was like, so I would love for you to write this book with me. And I was just like. I was like, okay, first, first off, I can barely pick up a fork. So I like my left arm's not working. I can't like write. I can't type. So there's that. Secondly, I am the last person you want in your book. <laughs> it's just like, I like God and I are like not on good terms. We're like not talking. Like you don't want me in your book. I like you. Yeah. A hard pass. No, but it's just like, no. And he's like, you're perfect. Yeah. So, um, so he convinces me that this would be a good thing. And it basically that whole process was basically God knowing that I needed to like, know that he loved me. And so he was like, well, since you're not going to do it and probably not going to do the work, I'm just going to make you sign a contract with Sondervan and like where you have to study the book of Job and study suffering with an amazing theologian for three years. And specifically in years. Yeah. And then specifically answer questions related to like suffering, faith, how it relates to your life personally. And so my healing is like in the book, like right. my, like my rants and rate, like everything we, is like raw and real in the beginning. And then we never took, we didn't take it out. Like we just were like, that's part of the process. And right. then over the time as I, we, like my healing of like understanding God's love for me was like through this journey. And I think I just realized like when we question God, it doesn't reveal that, that his character is faulty. It reveals that our view of him is faulty. And I think that we just kind of get to this point where we just start like using all of our experiences and allowing that to shape our view of God's character. Right. Say like, okay, he's someone that's, you know, he's a father that abandons us or he's a father, you know, we start like placing these experiences and, and, and allowing that to define his character rather than the character that we know is true. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just like that, I think finally coming to this point where I just surrendered and said, okay, God, like, you know, I need you. I, I need you. And, and not to say that everything got better after that, I was still like struggling and still, you know, still struggling. Um, but eventually over the months, like we, my left arm did start to recover. Um, I randomly just also got this, like, it's just like to add to the ridiculousness. Uh, three fingers were, I lost the use of three fingers due to my neck injury. And then at the same exact time, I got cubital tunnel in my elbow, which perfectly aligned so that I would lose my ring finger and my pinky. So they basically, doctor said like, this only happens to people who don't use their limbs and you use your left arm more than anyone. So it doesn't make sense that you got this and you just have really bad luck. And I'm like, no, actually it makes a lot of sense for my story. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, not of- I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So like perfectly at that time, I like it would cause me to lose all five fingers are paralyzed at the exact same time because of these two random different things that it was just ridiculous. But over the next year we, I did recover. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, we got, we had surgery on the elbow and we figured out 
you know, the, the, the work in my neck and, and by God's grace and by God using Dr. Selby at the time, um, my left arm eventually did come back to full health and, and I was able to finally pick up a camera again and graduate. Yeah. So today, these days, where are you at? How's your pain? What's going on? Um, tell us a little bit about the good news happening. Yeah. So, um, there's like so many things that were, that are, that are happening right now, but I, I, I definitely want to touch on, um, last year. Cause last year was like one of these things that like really changed, really just changed perspective for us. Um, so while I was working, I actually also had the opportunity and blessing to work with Becky and Jesse and they were coaching me in 2018. And during the season that we were together, I had another like health issue. Basically I was like, I kind of went through a season where, you know, things kind of stabilized for a few years. I got married. I lived overseas, came back, moved to Seattle, started my photography business. Um, and things were kind of, you know, a little more stable in that, in that regard. I definitely still suffer with nerve pain and that's always a struggle, but it, it was like everything else was, was, was working in a sense. And, um, and so all of a sudden I did this whole day of empowerment sessions and I'm like, you know, really busy and I get home, my neck really hurts. And I'm like, that's weird. Um, but I always kind of have neck issues based on all this other stuff. So I remember waking up the next day and I had such extreme pain in my neck. I'm like, this is kind of weird. And it basically with that, by that night, my left hand started going numb again. And I was just like, Oh crap. Round two, like what's going Mm -hmm. on. Right. And, and so by day three, I couldn't pick up a three pound weight. So within, and then we got to six days and within six days, um, I lost 95% of the use of my left arm. So that was really scary. Like once again, so we thought it was like the same thing. It must be the same disc issue. So we went back into the chiropractors and they're like, whoa, something else is going on. You need to get MRI. So we eventually got to the, um, the emergency room and had every CAT scan MRI. And they were like, we can't figure out what's wrong with your neck. Like we can't figure out why you're losing like your whole limb. And it was just one of those things that like, we just were like, no one could figure it out. We had like six neurosurgeons and all these people in there. Finally, they were like, well, I think it might be this thing, but I don't want to tell her that because it's pretty bad mm-hmm. and it might not be that. So eventually someone at the end of this like really long day comes in and says, okay, I think you have this really, really, really rare syndrome that none of us have ever seen in person. Um, it's called Parsonage Turner syndrome, basically inflammations like suffocates nerves and cuts off circulation to the brain and you lose, usually it's an upper limb you lose the mobility of the limb and it usually comes with additional nerve pain, which was true. So I'm like, of course I randomly get this like rare syndrome that like takes a limb and increases nerve pain. Like that just had to be like the one symptom. It was just like one of those things you're just like, this is ridiculous. Um, but it was amazing was experiencing what that was like. Round two was so different than round one. Um, because of where my faith is at, like because of my experience with God and allowing God to be a part of it, it was so different. Like, so we eventually got to like the top neurosurgeon in Seattle and he'd see, he'd seen 10 cases in his life. And that's not a lot when you're like 75 right. years old. Pretty rare. And he was, like, <laughs> he was just like, okay. He was like, this is very rare. He's like, basically like you are like one of like a million people in the world that like have this. It's like, so it's extremely rare, but let me tell you what's going on. He's like, basically there's no treatment plan. I can't do anything for you. You just have to wait. And it could be up to two years. 
he's like, I've seen 10 cases. Most people, it's like a year to two years. And eventually it comes back. Some people doesn't come back fully. Um, I've never seen anyone recover in under six months. So I'm just trying to prepare you that like, I do believe you have partial turn term. That is a correct diagnosis. And you probably won't be able to use your only arm for like at least six months, most likely a year, two years. So that was really hard to hear. Uh, I'm a wedding photographer. So this is like April and I have 25 weddings, like starting in May. And I was just like, okay. So we kind of had a season where we're like, but it was so different. I think I remember going home, praying with my husband and we just felt this peace, like this incredible peace. And it didn't even really make sense. Mm-hmm. And we felt this peace. And I was just like, I don't think this is going to be my story. Like, I don't think it's going to be this long. And I remember telling the doctor in the doctor's office with no arms working. And he was just, and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to be your first two monther. <laughs> he was just like, well, uh, that's great, Kelly, but <laughs> he's great, you know? Um, and basically I was like, okay, I just, I just have faith in that. And so we went through a really challenging season where every day Augustine would have to get me get dressed. He would have to lay out all these cups with straws so I could bend over and like drink because I had no, like neither arm worked. I had two fingers that worked, but I couldn't bend my arm. So I couldn't like brush my teeth or like comb my hair or like feed myself or cook or anything and drive. Um, so it was definitely a season of like our community really rallied for us and really stepped in. Um, but everything happened on March 25th and our follow-up appointment happened to be May 25th. And I remember walking in, giving him a high five and saying, I'm your first two month there. Holy crap. And, and you said the two months to him prior yeah, to, you I know, told him that in the first appointment and it was just one of those things where he was just like speechless. Like he's just like, okay, well now I have to say that I've seen 10 cases or it takes six months to two years, but there's just one that it took two months, you know? And so it was definitely like this amazing, crazy season of a couple months where it was like, like, like almost comical. You're like, I'm like, okay, now at this point, I'm just like, like, this is not even a surprise anymore, but it really was something where we were so shocked by how much joy we had in that season. Mm-hmm. And like, it was actually a really beautiful season in our marriage. And, and, um, but I think the thing that I really want to encourage people in is that, that what I learned through all of this was I learned how to pray because I think in the time when you're like, you can't just say to someone like, you know, you can't just say, Oh, just have joy in times of trial. Right. You know, it's like that when they're in the, when they're in it and they are angry at God and they feel so distant and feel so, um, just broken, like that seems just unattainable. And I think the thing is we forget in our community and our community has really failed at is that we, as a community of believers, we are not meant to carry our burdens alone. Like that is not something that God intended. We are meant to help carry the weight for our sisters and brothers. Um, so I think it's just realizing that I was praying prayers that I wasn't meant to carry. Like I would, I was praying for healing every day. And then every day when it wouldn't happen, or I would like have more pain or whatnot, it just broke me down. And I think realizing that I needed to pray the tools to get through it. I need to pray for strength to endure. I need to pray for wisdom. I need to pray for an eternal perspective to zoom out and see how God was seeing this from his perspective. And then at the end of that day, I was like, oh, wow, like God answered my prayer today. He gave me the strength today. And that was healing for my prayer life. That was healing for my heart to like every day experience God answering those prayers. And then people in my community 
were praying the big prayers. They yeah. were the ones praying radical healing. They were the ones praying for miracles that no one, no doctor could understand. They were the mm-hmm. ones praying, you know, for things to really change. And so I just encourage you, like, if you were in a season where your life is calm, like I pray that God, like pray to God to give you wisdom on who to pray for and pray big prayers for other people that can't carry them, carry the weight themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're in a season of peace, like don't take it for granted. Like God wants you to be the next Scott Selby. Like he wants you to be like someone who can like radically love others. Cause I think sometimes people are like, Oh, I don't have, I don't have like a crazy story or a crazy testimony. Like how God, how's God using me? And I'm like, God could use you to be the radical love because you have capacity to do it. Like God could be the one, you could be the one that could be the ones that the people like 10 years later, people are still talking about you because of how you loved them radically in a season of peace. You know, and I think if we just shift the perspective where it's not so internally focused, but a more community focused, like our community would hold our burdens together and things would change radically in how we experience our trials. Yeah. Um, That's so so, good. Do you feel looking back like over the last 20 years, like being where you are with your faith, where it is and your arm and your life and all these things, like, can you see now things that maybe you didn't see, like how God was working, even though you felt like when you were like sobbing on the kitchen floor, like surrounded by a broken glass, like, can you look back now and see things? Definitely. Yeah. You know, I definitely see, I see God throughout all of these things. I see him, you know, in the people around me, I see him in these stories that were kind of like, you know, underlying things, but at the time I couldn't see it. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't see like how God was weaving and training and molding me Um, and I think what's amazing is I'm actually currently living in a miracle, which you have, have seen a little bit of. Um, so basically I don't even know how to explain this last (laughs) November. So not even a year ago, um, my other chiropractor, because we have two amazing chiropractors. Um, his name is Tom Palak and he's in Colorado. He reached out to me and said, Hey, there's this treatment I don't know if it's going to work for you because you've had paralysis for 19 years, but like, I just want to see if it could work for you. So why don't you come by whenever you're in Colorado and, and check it out? So I'm like, okay. So I come by and it was just one of those situations where I was like, I'm not going to expect anything. I'm just going to like, you know, but it's not invasive. That's great. So mm-hmm. I'm going to see what it is. So we do a 30 minute session and we're like, wow, okay, this could be interesting. Like this could actually work. Like what is So it's basically like retraining your brain by using different neural pathways to access muscles. Mm-hmm. And basically it says like, you know, the hardware is there where there's like little strands of nerves that could be connected, but the software is turned off in terms of like my brain has basically like said, Oh, your right arm doesn't work. It's just going to shut down that whole part of the brain. But if he's like, if we can wake up that part of the brain and use acupuncture and chiropractic stuff and all these things, we can see if we can get the brain to wake up again and connect to your arm. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of a big, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm like, all right, but you know what? It's not invasive. It's and not surgery. It's not surgery. So I was like, okay, so I'm intrigued by this. But then I found out that my, again, my insurance wouldn't cover it. And it was very expensive. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's something that we're going to have the capacity for. And once again, he was just like, I really, he's like, you've been doing this for 20 years. I think this could really help you. So he has been, he like donated his services again, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. So we did two sessions. We did a session in in February and then again in March. And, um, and it's like even hard to say this, but I am regaining feeling in my right arm 
and regaining and like regaining movement. And now I can do a two armed plank, which like whole bearing weight and like can, can bend muscles a little bit. I mean, we're not expecting like full like recovery where it's like, you know, but regardless, it's completely miraculous. And, and that's a big deal. Cause there are people who have use of both their arms that cannot do a plank. <laughs> so the fact that you can use your arm <laughs> that's been yeah. paralyzed for the last 19 years to do a plank, like it blows me away. It's crazy. It's, it's just amazing. So like anything. And then, and what's even more like just incredible is that it's helping the nerve pain because my, it's basically my brain has memorized the pain signal and has believed that we're in trauma mode. And he's like, if we can get the brain to have healthy connections to your arm, it starts to tell your brain that it's not in trauma mode anymore. And so we actually were able to like take my medication dose almost in half. Wow. And so it's like, God, I mean, it's, we're like in it right now. Like we're like in this season and it's just been like, but what's amazing is this is, this is a product of people who've been praying for me for 20 years. Like people have been praying for me since the car accident and have been praying for miraculous healing, you know? And sometimes that doesn't, God doesn't like show up in the timeline that we expect, but it's like the story that's going to bring him the glory. Right. And, and he's going to show up and give us a strength through it. But like, we need to be praying miraculous, big prayers. Like he shows up, like, it's just one of those situations where I'm like, speechless. Like, okay, God, like this is, this is you, like, this is you, this has you all over it. And I mean, it doesn't even make sense. It's my muscles have been atrophied for 19 years and we're, we're like seeing things that no one expected. And yeah, so it's just been this like incredible journey. And I think just an incredible journey of, of just God's favor. And, and even now, as you mentioned in the intro, um, we are welcoming a baby girl. <laughs> really excited. I'm so excited for you guys. Um, and that is even just a beautiful story of God's favor. Um, as we've talked about before, I'm not able to carry, uh, carry a baby, um, due to the nerve pain and the medication and a couple other factors. Um, we went through a hard journey with that. Um, it was definitely hard cause it felt like one more thing my body, my body couldn't do. Right. Um, and that was a struggle and that was hard but, uh, eventually came to the point where just, we just knew it wasn't safe. And so we were like, okay, God, like just, we just want your path to be clear. And we were open to all options of how he would grow our family. And my cousin, um, when we were 16, she came up to me and said, cause she kind of grew up with seeing me in and out of the hospital and surgeries and everything. And, and she came up to me and was like, you know, one day if like I can have babies and like, you can't have babies, like I would have a baby for you. <laughs> And I was just like, at the time I was like, okay, like, that's really sweet. But also like, I'm, I'm eight, I'm like 17, 16. I'm like, okay, I don't have to do with that information. Like, you know, yeah. like, um, and, and I also was like, oh, I'm going to have my own, I think I'm going to have my own kids, but like, that's nice of you. And I never had any indication that I wouldn't be able to. Um, and, and so then she actually took that really seriously and God just like put it on her heart to the point that when she got married, she told her husband, meanwhile, I'm like not even married yet, like living my life in college or whatever. And she told her husband, I have a feeling that one day I'm going to help Kelly become a mom. And I just want to make sure that, you know, like you're on board with that. Yeah. And also something that, you know, I feel really committed to this. And I feel like really strong. And he was just kind of like, I mean, your cousin that's like not married and that's like, you know, <laughs> just like living her life or whatever. And she's like, yep, I just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to be part of my story. And then she just like allowed us to have our space and to like, you know, kind of define our journey. And then when we, um, you know, made the decision that it wasn't safe and it was not something we were no longer going to pursue other options. 
um, she approached us and her and her husband approached us and said, like, we've been praying for this for like 12 years. And like, they were like, we would love to help you grow your family. And it was just one of those things that had like, like I, like, that was like one of God's miracles that God had been planning for years. Right. And he was like, you know, we couldn't see it. All we see is like, oh my gosh, we see the infertility or we see the, you know, the struggle of like one more thing. And we're like, God, like, where are you? And he's just like, just wait, just wait. Like I'm in the waiting. I'm here. Like I'm writing the story. You just have to trust that I, that I'm like with you. And I think that was the difference of like going through what I went through in 2018 with the infertility thing and like the struggle with having a baby as well as losing my left arm again, it came with this piece of knowing like, you know, if I lose my left arm, like that would be horrible. If I lose, if not having an upper extremity would be really hard, but like, I know that God would carry me through it. And I know that we would figure it out. And it wasn't with the mindset that I know he would bring healing. I just knew that regardless of what would happen, that confidence of just knowing like, I know I would like, he would carry me through it. Mm-hmm. And I think experiencing that was such a, just a striking difference than, and it was just simply just by knowing that like, we are so loved, but it's so hard to receive that at times, you know? Totally. Um, I love that because I wanted to talk about that anyway. Like, let's say somebody is praying for healing. They're praying for a miracle. Like they're praying for mountains to move. Um, but God doesn't give us all like the same gifts at the same time or ever for that matter. Like Mm -hmm. Kelly, what would you have to say to somebody who is in that place of like hoping and wishing and praying for something? But like, even if it doesn't happen, like what encouragement would you have for them? Hmm. I think that for that season, I would really encourage, I would encourage them to honestly, to just spend time with the Lord. It sounds like very, like that kind of sounds like cliche, but I think it's like when we start to really wire, rewire how we pray to be more of praying for the tools every day, the weight of it doesn't feel as heavy Mm -hmm. because like the waiting period is so hard. It's so, so hard and so sad. And it's like something that's really difficult. And so I think that like when I have friends that are, that are in seasons of waiting and they're just waiting for God to move, it's like, okay, focus on the, focus on your daily prayers. Like focus on praying for strength, focus on praying for wisdom, focus on praying for for like perseverance and like praying for the tools to endure this season and asking your close friends and your close sisters in Christ to pray that big prayer. Because I think praying the big prayer sometimes can just be too heavy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people can carry it, but for me at times it would just be too hard to pray that every day and not have the answer be yes. Yeah. Just feel disappointed or, over and over again. Yeah, versus- it, it just breaks you down. And so I think praying, like praying, okay, like give me the strength to endure today. Like give me the wisdom that in this incredible season, you can still use me. Like give me the eternal perspective to zoom out and see that I know that you I can trust that you have something good for me and you are writing a story. Um, and it might include incredible hardship, but that in the end I am loved. It's not going to essentially turn out to be this like picture perfect bow and everything's wrapped up and, and it's like, might not turn out how we expect. It definitely hasn't turned out how I expect. My life has definitely not (laughs) been what I expected. Um, but it's so much more beautiful because he used my experiences I was having in my life and he made them something beautiful. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I would just encourage them to like, just, I mean, just to pray for those tools for the every day 
and, and really kind of invite their community to pray the bigger prayers because it can feel really isolated. You can feel really isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. And I think inviting people into that space is like what community is for, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, and people, a lot of people want to be, they don't know how to help their friends. A lot of times they're like, I don't know how to help my friend. Like she's really struggling and I don't know how to encourage her, you know? And it's like really trying to like, well, like step up, like ask them, what is the scary prayer that you don't want to pray so that like, can I carry that weight for you? Like, can I be like, that is a huge way that you can help a sister in Christ struggling, like step into their life and actually ask them like, what is a scary prayer? Like, can I, can I take that? I like that a lot. Kelly, how have you taken all of this? Like, yes, you're a wedding photographer, but these empowerment sessions, just tell us real quick. Cause I really love this part about what you do. Um, how did you decide to come up with this? What does it look like? Who are these sessions for? Yeah. Um, I am super passionate about these. Um, so basically my empowerment sessions are, are sessions just to encourage and empower women to love and embrace the skin they're in. Um, it can be for any woman, but, um, basically it kind of came from my own journey. I have a lot of scars I've, I've mentioned from surgeries. And when I was young, um, people would tell me that, my scars were disgusting and that, that one person told me that they wanted to throw up when they saw me and that I should always be covered because it makes people uncomfortable. And so I just felt like, wow, my body like, like violates people. Like my body is like, so I started having this relationship with my body that was so like, I felt so ashamed and like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I like, I'm really hot and I don't want to wear a turtleneck. Like, you know, almost like apologizing and and I think just because I had that experience, I had, I had to go through a healing experience with how I saw my scars. And I just was like, wow, like I want to invite other women regardless of what they have gone through. And not to say you have to have a physical difference or mm-hmm. scars, but we have a, a culture that is so hard on women and how they see their bodies. And I think just having a raw and safe space to celebrate their body, celebrate who they are in a way that is like, elegant and empowering. And, um, you know, it just has a deeper meaning to it and people can use it as a gift if they want to, or just for themselves, but it's mostly just for like healing for them and how they view and experience their bodies. But we've had women that, um, have had limb loss. We've had women who have, um, have like all different types of things, like women that are in wheelchairs, women who have, have scars from having double mastectomies from being cancer survivors who are just trying to embrace, um, embrace their bodies. And this weekend I have an event and I'm so excited. We're having two moms and there are two months, two months postpartum. Okay. And one's only four months postpartum. And she was, one of the women was telling me, she was like, this is a season where a lot of women have so much shame because they feel like, Oh, I have to lose the baby weight. So if I want to do a session like this, I should wait till I lose. Everything's about like, until I lose the baby weight, you know? And, and it was like, she was like, I just feel like I need time right now to remember that like my body is powerful. And I just like gave birth to a human and I need to celebrate that I am beautiful right now. Not, it's not contingent on me losing baby weight. Right. And so the fact that we have two women that are like doing that right after giving birth, because they just need some time of healing and reconnecting with their body as their body has changed. And, and one of them is actually bringing her newborn and we're going to do some photos with like breastfeeding and empowering breastfeeding. And just for her to have just a time to connect, um, with her body that has changed, but it's still beautiful. And so we're just trying to break, break beauty norms, you know, every shape, size, color, we invite every person, every woman, and it's a safe space. And it's something that we've seen has brought a lot of healing. And, and I'm 
really passionate about it. It's some of my favorite work of yours too. It's so cool to see it. Cause I think you showing that like, just like, even if somebody, like you said, doesn't have a limb difference, doesn't have scars, like it inspires us to be like, okay, what can I do? How can I go out there a little bit braver, a little bit more confident in who God created me to be instead of mm-hmm. trying to hide behind these things? Yeah. Kelly, what has God set you free from throughout this whole story, the last 20 years, all the surgeries, all the ups and downs with him? Like, what has he set you free from? Hmm. I feel like, I mean, I think I would say there's always seasons, right? So there's not, it's not, I wouldn't say like, oh, I've come and now I'm fully free from all these things. Like there's definitely still days of doubt and there's definitely still like conversations of struggle. But I think, um, I think he's really set me free from, from seeing, from being bound. I was really bound by how other people saw my story. And I think that I really carry this weight of, of wanting to like live up to this expectation. You know, people are like, Oh, you're so you're like, you're strong and you've done all these things. And then I almost like started feeling like I, like I couldn't have days where I was weak Mm -hmm. because it would like let people down because they've seen me be strong if that makes sense. Totally. And so I almost didn't allow myself permission to have days where I'm sad or days where I'm grieving because I was like, Oh, I don't want to let people down because like God's trying to use my story. And if I'm not, if like, if I don't feel like I want to encourage people today and I'm like super, you know, and I kind of started to have like this part this process where I feel like I wasn't giving myself enough grace. Um, and so it was this process with the Lord being like, you're not the one doing the story. Like Kelly, like you're not the one that's inspiring people. Like I am, I am the one that's working here, you know, almost like taking like a pride check, you know, like Mm -hmm. almost being like, it's not on you, like have freedom and knowing that like, I want to know your raw and real heart and God, like, yes, God can use my story and he can use your story and he can use our stories. And I, and I love hearing people's stories and empowering people to share their stories, but God's the one that's working. So we don't need to feel this weight of pressure that we have to share it perfectly or that we have to like have it all in a perfect bow and we can't share it now because it's not happy yet. You know, like I feel like there were times where I would share my story when I was sharing my story um, or speaking at events and I was in it. My left arm, I actually spoke at an event where my left arm was still not working. Like, and I like couldn't pick up a cup. I couldn't pick up the mic and people had to help me and it didn't have this happy ending, but it was like, God still used it. I think just this, like God freed me from these expectations of just realizing like, this is not on you. Like I'm going to use, I'm going to weave things. I just want you to feel taken care of and you to feel loved and, and giving myself the freedom to just let go of like these expectations I had put on myself and just said like, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to have, it's okay to have days where it's hard and that's going to happen regardless because that's life. And I think just like having that relationship with the Lord of saying like, you can be free from that. Like this is not on you to do all these things. Like I'm, I'm the one working here, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the one that's written this story. (laughs) And you know, so just like feel, feel free from that weight because it's not, you can feel like it's okay. to It's okay. It's okay to doubt some days. It's okay to like have that raw conversation and, and not feel like, Oh, cause I went through this. I have to now be arrived. I now have to be like here and strong every day because I, God showed me his grace before. So now I can't have days of weakness. And it's like, that's just not how it is. Right. I think we're always arriving. <laughs> I don't think we've ever <laughs> arrived. No, wherever it never. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, thank you so much just for sharing your heart and the hard parts of your story and just the encouragement and hope that you have shared. 
Um, we'll have show notes as always. We'll link some stuff in there. But where can people start stalking you and this cute little baby that's coming your way? <laughs> um, they can find me on my website at kellylemonphotography.com. Um, otherwise, on Instagram at, um, at kellylemon and on Facebook at kellylemonviscaino. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 